And so he's writing to a persecuted pe- people. Something, if we're honest with ourselves, we really can't relate to the persecution that they had. We, we might feel it, we think we are at times, but it doesn't really compare. So he's writing this, this letter to, to build them up. Not saying, hey, just live for Christ and life will be grand. He says, live for Christ and you will suffer, but it's, it's worth it. Christ is worth it. So that's sort of where we're at. One thing I love about the, the Christian walk, a, a relationship with Christ, um, is that it doesn't end when a person places their faith and trust in, G, in Jesus Christ or end when they're baptized. Well, I've put my faith in Christ and I've been saved and I was in obedience, I've, I've been baptized. It doesn't end there. In truth, that's where it begins. And when we are saved, are we a lot like we were before we, we were saved? No and yes, right? I mean, when we're saved, do we? I will never sin again. <laughs> I float around. I walk on clouds. Is that what occurs? No. But the Bible does say this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So it talks about there's a transforming in our spirit from being dead in our sin to being alive in Christ. So there's a transformation that takes place. Uh, and in Romans 6, 4, and you hear this when we baptize someone. It says that, that, that we, we are buried with him by baptism into death, and we're raised to walk in the newness of life. Baptism doesn't save you. Just to l- l- let you know, it's a picture of you being put in the grave, you being dead before Christ. As you accept Christ, you are brought to life. And that's what you coming out of the water means. That's what it is a picture of the church. What saves you is faith in Jesus Christ and that alone. The water doesn't affect you, but it's obedience to him. So what I love is that because of God's great love for us, he pursues us, he convicts us, he disciplines us. And that's a good thing. A lot of times we hate it. But if it's what draws us back to him, if it, it keeps us close to him, then it's worth it. In the, the Gospels, what are the Gospels? When I say those, those four books, what books are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, y'all said it exactly at the same time. Good. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you think of the Apostle Peter in the Gospels, how would you describe him? What are some words you might use? The Apostle Peter. Not very bright. Ooh, wow. Zinger on Peter. I'm sorry, Peter. Uh, okay, so not very bright. What else would we, we say about Peter? A what? Coward. 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 We, we see a part. We're going to talk about that. What else? When I thought about it, and I don't have time to go through the, the verses, but in some ways he was very bold. But sometimes he was too bold. Peter was the type of guy that seemed to speak before he thought. Do you know a guy like that or a girl like that? Or have you been like that? Okay, he was like that. He would just blah, 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 And then he couldn't reel it all back in. He was loud. He seemed to be outspoken. He was a leader, sort of. He, they, they followed him. He seemed to, to stand up in, in front of the crowd. He was stubborn. He was gruff. He was hard-headed. He was prideful. When I look at the Gospels, that's sort of what you see Peter described us. Now, we all have traits that are like this. They're like, man, that was one bad dude. No, we all have these, same, these, these traits or more that are just like it. So, so don't think I'm trying to rip on Peter here, but I want you to see something about him. 
Uh, let's stand together. We're going to read in, in 1 Peter 3, verse 8 through 11. And, uh, and this is going to make sense. Because what we're talking about t- tonight and what we're getting with, with Peter and what he was like is context. Okay, context is key when we read the Word of God. Because there's a, there's a truth in here that I want you to see because it affects everybody in this room. So 1 Peter chapter 3, I ask you to stand as we honor God's word uh, and uh, just follow along with me beginning in verse 8. It says this, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your truth that we're about to see. And God, I ask that you speak to us. Uh, and Lord, help me just get out of the way. Uh, and Lord, we, we need you here. We need you to move in this place. Uh, I thank you that you, you care and you pursue everybody in this room. And Lord, if there's someone who doesn't have a relationship with you, Lord, may tonight be the night uh, where you, you bring a dead heart to life, that you speak life into somebody here and someone puts their faith and trust in you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. Now, Y'all have got to um, humor me a, 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 a little bit. I can't help it, but I'm a Star Wars fan. And so when I was reading the passage here, I could not help but turn to this clip. It sort of works and sort of doesn't. It's very short. But, hey, make sure we got sound and take a look at the clip. That wasn't the sound. I don't think we have sound yet. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil, not. That's it. That's the only part of the clip, okay? So he says a phrase there. When he left you, when I left you, I was only a what? A learner is what he says. But now I am the, the master. Okay, so he's saying, hey. And then he's like, not a master of me, it's a master of evil, you dummy. You know, so so it, it, it's a great scene there. But I want you to see in this text, because if you look back at, P, at P, Peter, he was this guy that was gruff, hard-headed, stubborn, would speak before he thought, and had all these rough things about him. And all of a sudden, in this letter, as we read, it goes like this. Finally, all of you. Who is he speaking to in this letter? Very good. Believers, right? Scattered believers. If, he's, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's, he's speaking to you even right here. Hey, hey, all of you, believer, get this. And he says, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Does this sound like Peter from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? This doesn't sound like him at all. And what's beautiful about this is this letter went out and the churches got this. And some in those churches knew him. 
They knew who he was. They, they knew who he had been. They knew, knew who he was now. And if this wasn't who he had become, they would have called him out on it, and this would never be the word of God for us to use. This is, he's written this book 30 years after he's denied Christ, after he walked with Jesus for three years, after we see him stubborn, and, 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 and all of a sudden we see that Peter, and now we see this Peter. And he says this, and there's three life lessons that we look at old Peter and we look at new Peter, and this is the first one. He, see, he says this, hey, be grace-filled and humble. Because you can't have these things and not be grace-filled and humble. He says, have unity of mind. You know what that means? That doesn't mean, oh, well, I'll compromise my convictions. That means I'm going to work with the body of Christ, and as long as it, it honors God, I'm going to go with them, even if it's not exactly what I want to do. I want unity in the body. If someone hurts me, I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to hold it against them. Unity in the body, grace-filled. He has sympathy for others. This doesn't sound like old Peter. This is new Peter. He has brotherly love. You know, I love when I see in the youth group friendships. Uh, and, and, it, and, and, and girls, you, you have brotherly love too. Okay, so it's not like this is only just for guys. It's, just a, it's that type of love where it's just that close friendship where your friendships are endearing to you they mean so much to you and you look out for them you you love them you have a tender heart peter didn't have a tender heart before but now he does and there's only one thing that changed in his life and that's jesus christ and his commitment to him and he says a humble mind the um there's a verse do i have it on the screen M matthew the Yes, can you put that on because I don't have it in my notes, but I want you to see this. This is old Peter. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Then it says this, Jesus said to him, truly I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And, and Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. You might go win. He was like, that was a man of faith. But if you really look at it, it's a man of pride. It's a man going, I'm never, I'm never going to know. They might all mess up, but I won't. You know, I had a friend in the ministry who, who uh, he and, and, and a friend of his uh, really were strong in the faith. And one night they just said, Satan, come at me with anything you got. I will never fall to you. Lust, I'm never going to fall to that. And they, they just, and some would say, well, that's a good thing to say, but what ought to be said is, Lord, help, help me never fall to that. But in pride, they sort of had made, I'm never going to do that. And six or eight months passed, and they didn't fall all the way to it, but they came awfully close, and it hurt a lot of uh, uh, people. There's, there's this thing called, called pride that he had. And all of a sudden, when you read this text there, you go, why? It's not there. Why? Because he's been transformed by Christ. And when you give your heart and life to Christ, when you really, and this is, get me when I say this, when you really begin to follow G G Jesus, when you quit playing the game and you go, Jesus, my faith is in you and I'm going to follow you, I want you to know that you are going to be different than what you 
were, and that's a good thing. These rough things about you that is not, you're not merciful or great, great, gracious, or you might be rude, or you might be very self, selfish, and by the end of the time, you might not be very selfish, you're just sort of self, selfish, but that's an improvement. You're not going to get all the way there, but you can move you know, you're, you are going to change. When Christ is in your life, you are going to become more like Christ. They, um, so, so one is uh, life, life le- a lesson one. When Christ comes into your life, you will be grace-filled and you will be hum- humble. He will tra- transform your life. And then we see this about Peter in verse 9. Look, look at verse 9 again. And down to verse 12, it says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for or reviling. That's like hate for hate. But on the contrary, bless, bless. For to those you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever de- 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 desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the right, the right, 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 right. Righteous and stay from away from that word tonight. No, I'm kidding. It's a good word. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Have you ever been wronged before? Have somebody ever wronged you? Have you ever wronged someone before? I, I think we we are all on on both sides of that fence. When you have been wronged, do you want to retaliate against them? Almost every time we do, right? Because I want to. They want to get them what they deserve. In life, life, life lesson two here, he says, Peter writes, do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with blessing. What? In the Gospels, this isn't the Peter that we see, but we'll get back to that in a second. When I thought of this repaying evil for evil, uh, I thought of me being 15-year-olds, uh, me, uh, I know, and I was, I was uh, about the same height and maybe uh, 50 pounds less than I am right now. <coughs> so anyway, so I was like one, one, one fifty, about six foot two, one, one, one fifty. So I was a big rip guy. Not really. I was really skinny, and I worked at the movie theater for about a year. And what was cool about that was, I could get four free tickets every day if I worked or not at that movie theater to go see movies. I had more friends that year than I've ever had my entire life co- combined all the rest of the years. Everybody w- wanted to be my friend. So one night we had to take out the trash. It was a fr- fr- Friday night, and our, our, th- our th- theater was the spot where people would hang out in the parking lot. I was 15, really 17 to 20-year-olds, rednecks, big trucks, alcohol, all that stuff would hang out. And I'm taking out the trash with this one guy who's, Who's uh, who's 16 and he's like five foot eight to 215. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't have to build to get in a fight. We just weren't we didn't have that look about us. So we take the trash and you got to go past these guys all the way back. We come back and one of the main guys and I knew who he was and he was a fighter type, but he said something to me that was sort of rude. Problem was, 15-year-old Dan, I wasn't saved at the time. I will tell you that. I didn't get saved until almost 17. But at 15, I was still a very good kid, but I didn't like someone to mess with me. So they said something to me, and I responded something back. I didn't cuss or anything like that, but it was enough to be rude. It was more repaying evil for evil is what I did. 
And all of a sudden, I found myself in this crowd of rednecks. And this guy is about 18, probably six foot two, about 225, sort of ripped like I am now. A big guy, okay? Uh, in, in a ripped sort of way. And he says to me, What'd you say? And I, I, let me look at my notes, make sure I get this right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Uh, <coughs> I don't even remember what, what I said. Uh, and I said, yeah, that's what I said. And by the time I said the word said, I don't know what happened, but my neck snapped like this. And I realized he had hit me. He had come up and just jacked me upside the face. But what was beautiful about the, the, the moment was I didn't fall down. I didn't even, my feet didn't move. Now, they were like 17 to 20-year-olds. They know I'm like a 15-year-old, and this 18-year-old just slugged me in the face. So I snap back and go, is that all you got? <laughs> not, really, not really good, not really good. It's my dad that's in me. It's, I can't help it. And, um, but I can. God, Christ has been doing a lot of work in my life. And, um, and so by this time, his buddies knew cops are right in the movie theater right there. We need to pull this guy away and get away from here. Uh, I walked into the theater, and everything was fine. Uh, I think he was expecting me to jump back at him. One, I wasn't like a fighter type at the time, especially with a, with a gang around me and this guy like 6 foot 12, 487 pounds. <laughs> almost, almost the same size as Ben. I mean, <laughs> big guy. So um, my whole point of that is uh, it's not real smart to repay evil with e evil. You're going to lose in the end in a lot of ways. One way you could lose is being hurt even worse. One more way that you can lose is that your, your walk with God, your spiritual life can be hurt as well. Um, the same Peter who wrote, who wrote this, in John 18, verses 10 and 11, he was in the garden with the disciples praying. Judas betrays him. The guards come to arrest him, and this is what occurs in verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Mal Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword in it, she shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me. And in Luke it says that, 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 that Jesus on the spot heals the servant's ear. This is the same, same Peter who who fought and cut off a servant's ear that's now saying, hey, do not repay evil with evil, but do uh, repay evil with blessing. Change life, a transformed life. Do, do you see the change? It's a huge change. It's a huge, that, that's what 30-year walk with Christ looks like. It's, it's completely different from who you used to be. In 1 Peter 3, going on in this last part, it says this, and um, let me share this before I go on that. Don't miss verse 12. Uh, that, that the Lord, his eyes are on the righteous and his ears hear their prayers. And this same Lord, uh, his face is against those who do evil. Those who do evil, justice will get its due, whether in this age or the next, in this life or the next. And the, the, this is what I don't want you to do. Don't hope that they get their due in the next life. Because hell is a very sad place that even 
the word of God says our enemies, we should pray for those who persecute us. And we don't pray that they'll get their due. We pray that they will turn to Christ. Because that is not something we should wish on anybody. First uh, Peter 3, 13 through 15, verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, and we've seen this, that theme throughout this whole book, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Leave that verse on the screen. Look at that. Okay, look at that. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Life lesson three, always be prepared to talk about Jesus. Is this the same Peter we see in John? No, it's not the same one at all. John chapter 18, verse 17. This, Jesus has just been arrested. Uh, Peter's by a fire. A, a servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's di- 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 disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Verse 25, he says, now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you also not, are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and once again, once uh, a rooster crowed at, at once. Um, the same Peter that says, always be prepared to talk, to give I a reason for the hope that you have, is in the, 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 his old life was the one that denied him. I don't know him. It wasn't just not prepared. It was totally denying it. And now we see him now. He's like, hey, always be prepared to give a defense. We were on the Denver mission trip this past week. And if you didn't know the story, there was uh, a church planter named Shannon Kelly. Our church supports him in this church plant quite a bit. I'd worked with him the weeks coming up to make a plan of what we were going to do there. Two days before we are to fly out, I get a a phone call from him, uh, and it says, my son got a sinus infection. It was a text. He said, my my son got a, a sinus infection this week, and uh, we don't know how, but somehow it got to his brain. And so he's had uh, uh, sur- surgery on his brain to get the infection out s- Saturday. Uh, but they don't think they got it all out, so they're probably going to have to go in again, and it's not looking good. His son is five. We're going there in two days to go work alongside of him. He's supposed to lead us in everything that we do. So we call him up and, and go, hey, bro, we're just we're going to come, and you don't worry about us at all, and we're going to try to love on you the best that we can, and we will do what, whatever we can on this trip. So the team goes, we don't know what we're going to do, but we've already got the airfare paid to go. We've got the place that we're going to stay for the week paid for. So we go, and we had a fantastic week that week. And the great news is this. His son, though uh, within a day of when we got home, the day that we got there, he comes to me and goes, man, uh, yesterday was bad. He said, and in tears, he says, uh, we didn't know if he was going to make it through the day. But today he's made a turn, a great turn for the better. And they know what the strain is of what's in, in his head. And they've got the right stuff in him now that we think can get him cleared. And they probably don't have to cut on his brain again. 
but it's going to be a long week. I don't know if I can help you all at all. And I was like, you don't have to help us at all. You know, you, let us help you. Let us do whatever we can. So our plan to work alongside this church plant and to, to uh, meet people in the community there and talk about Christ where we could, that did not occur at all. Uh, we, we went and we served in a lot of ways. But what was really cool, and there's a picture here, shows the, the first picture there. This is uh, the backyard of the house that we were staying in. And um, uh, this is the first day, the actual full day that we're on the ground there. And there's a group of our girls that are at the fence way, way back there in the back. And they had met a, a, a neighbor on the back fence. Her name's Victoria, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure all the girls that were involved in the conversation, but they began to talk to her. And she goes, hey, you want to pet my goats? Well, sure, we'll pet your goats. And as they began, they began to talk about church. They began to talk about faith. And she was, uh, had been in the Catholic church for 20 years. As they begin to talk, one of them begins to go into the gospel. As she sort of gets flustered and starts to hit a wall, she's like, and so-and-so wants to share something else about it. And so one of the... Uh, the, uh, the girls would pick it up and speak, and then she'd be like, and she wants to share a little bit more, because they would like hit a wall or they'd blank out. And as a team, they shared the gospel with this lady. And I thought, that was one of the only gospel presentations that our team did. And that lady did not say, oh, I'm ready to receive Christ right now, but she did say this, I have never heard that before in my whole life. And I'd really like to know more about that church plan. Whoa, what? We didn't get to really share face-to-face that clearly again on the trip. But what was beautiful, that was not part of our plan. That was just girls walking along our back fence that ran into someone, and the opportunity came, and you always are prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Peter was a denier of Christ. Christ changed him in so many ways. We see it in Acts 2 and Acts 3. He is changed, and he is talking about him, and for the rest of the life, he is talking about me. He says, always be prepared to speak about me. The gr- great thing about the Christian life is that you're, you, you're changed for the better. And if you're like, well, I'm the same way. I, I don't think I've changed at all. I'd love just to sit down and talk with, it, with you about it. Because one thing, you may not be aware of how much you have changed from where you were. But one more thing is this. You may not really have a re- relationship with Christ. You may not have that all down. And this is what it is. You understand that you sin, and your sin separates you from God. And God knew that you good good works, you cannot, you cannot be good enough to fix your sin. And what you earn from sin, we all earn, which we choose sin, is death. But God made a way that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect, sin, sinless life. He, 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 he chose to live a sinless life. He fought through temptation and... He went to the cross. And some people think, well, when he, he was killed because he was put on the cross. What killed him was when he was put on the cross that God took the sins of mankind that weren't his and they placed them on the son who could pay the debt because he had no sin to pay. He didn't have to pay for his own sin so he could pay for everybody else's sin. And so on the cross, the sin was placed on the son and the son died as a sacrifice for our sins, for those who put their faith in him. But what was beautiful about that whole story is that he didn't, stay dead, or on the third day he rose again, overcoming death in the grave, showing the believer that death is not the end. Death is just part of the beginning for those who have faith in Christ. 
And because of what Christ has done, living a sinless, perfect life and dying for your sins, the righteousness that he earned, he gives to you and me who have the faith in the Son. That's the beautiful part about the gospel. Peter's life was transformed. How, how about yours? Yeah, that, I'm, I'm serious about that question. Has yours been transformed? Are you letting your re- relationship with Jesus Christ shape you to be more like Christ? Are you engaged in the Word of God so you can be transformed by the Word of God? You aren't going to be transformed I don't think if you just come to the edge or come to church and sit and listen and never open your Bible on your own. There might be a little bit here or there, but full life transformation. If you want it, you've got to be in the Word yourself. And if you don't understand what you're reading, come talk to me about it. Or you don't know where to start to read, come talk to me about it. A great book to start, the book of John. Just slowly start reading the book of John because I want you to understand who Jesus is completely. Because if you can understand who he is, that will transform your life. There's one more picture I'd like to show you, uh, and this is a picture of our team with Shannon Kelly, the church planter, and his family right here. This is the last day that we were there, just um, Sunday of this past week. This is Isaac. I say a lot of eyes to make it really strong. Um, Isaac right there in the middle, and that was, he, he had Finally had about a day and a half that was really good. He had four really bad nights at home. Uh, they didn't know if they were going to have to take him back to the hospital or not. And this is about a day and a half. He had had great, great days. Uh, still be in prayer for him. I know he had an MRI today, uh, and I haven't heard back from Shannon on how that went. Uh, just, just that he recovers well. Uh, but that's him, and we praise God that he's doing better. But I want to ask you, youth, would you just keep praying for him and for this family? Because it's been a hard week for them. But their faith in God has been beautiful, and the community around them has seen their faith in Christ. So we're, we're praying that God will use that. Uh, and we do have a team that's going back there in July, and, and team that is going in July. Some, some of you are in this room. You're going to have a great trip. It is a fantastic trip. Uh, youth, we will be going back there, I'm pretty sure, start of next summer, uh, and we'd love to take you there again when we go. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for the students and adults that are in this room. I thank you for your word. I thank you for a life of Peter so where we can look back and see his, his rough, rough sides. But God, we see the man of God he's become through it and the, the, the power that your word has, the transforming power that a relationship with Jesus Christ has. And God, I ask for everyone in this room, one, that they know you and have a personal relationship with you. Uh, and two, Lord, that we are transformed by you, that we aren't satisfied staying where we are, but, Lord, your spirit will convict us, and you will pursue us, and you will wear us out until we come running to you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if y'all can do this on that youth camp sheet, if y'all can look at those names I have cir- circled, if you know them, just write your name by, by the, the name that you might know. That can help me figure out if they're coming to camp or not. Thank you.